everyone, I'm Hannah Lloyd. And I'm Charlotte Gilfillan. Welcome to our podcast, Women in Wellies. Each episode, we will be inviting a guest to share their stories, experiences and lessons of working and living in rural Scotland. We want to get to know the real women behind the wellies and share them with you, our listeners. Hello and welcome to episode nine of Women in Wellies. This week, we are joined by Caroline Dunbar. Caroline, thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Good. Can you kick us off, Caroline, by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do as a little introduction to yourself? Okie dokie. Uh, so I'm Caroline Dunbar and um, I am originally from York, but I've been up in Scotland since 1996. Uh, um, spent a long time down Edinburgh and East Lothian and then my husband and I moved up to Duffus 10 years ago to take over his family estate, Duffus Estate, which is about five miles from Elgin in Murray, so northeast Scotland. Absolutely gorgeous part of Scotland, one of my favourite coastlines that I absolutely love exploring. So I'm sure that was a, a bit of a shock for you moving from like Edinburgh, York to Edinburgh, both lovely cities to live in, and then you're like suddenly in rural Murray and learning how to run an estate, because I'm guessing you didn't run an estate in Edinburgh before that, Caroline. <laughs> No, no. Um, I had yeah all sorts of things, but yeah, I had my own dog walking business before uh, before we came up here. Uh, um, so, uh, so yeah, no, I was running my own business and uh, quite happy and settled living out in East Lothian. Uh, um, we always knew at some point we would have to make the move up, but we were quite happily ignoring it and putting it to the back of our minds. Uh, um, but uh, it was actually um, when. So there's a big old family mansion house, Duffus House on the estate, which had been leased to Gordonston for about 82 years. And back in 2012, Gordonston said that they weren't going to renew the lease on the building the next time it was up. And so that was, oh, OK, that was our kind of big prompt to get ourselves up up the road. Um, and Ed's dad wasn't very well at the time. And Ed had been coming up initially once a month and then once every couple of weeks to kind of do things up here. So the stars were aligning and we did think, right, OK, we do actually need to bite the bullet um and I have to say it wasn't an easy move um I yeah I did come kicking and screaming I have to say (laughs) (laughs) however fast forward um I absolutely love it and I wouldn't move back and it's definitely home and it's yeah just brilliant can you tell us a bit about um Duffer's estate because you've got quite a lot quite a lot going on 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 the estate and it's quite varied (laughs) Yeah. Um, so essentially, on paper, you know, it's quite a small traditional estate. It's got four farms, uh, three are tenanted. One we got back in hand um, about three years ago. And we contract that out, so that kind of just farming kind of takes care of itself. Um, we uh, have a small amount of residential properties, um, and then I've been over time turning some of them into the holdy lets. So. Um, I did actually turn the first one into a holiday let before we actually moved up here um, uh, back in 2009, so quite a long time ago. Um, but, uh, but yeah, fast forward now, we've got five um, holiday properties, which is my kind of main day-to-day um, job managing those. Uh, we've also got Cooler Coffee, which is a, a coffee hut down at Duff's Castle, which we launched a couple of years ago. Uh, um, what else do we do? We do Occasionally we've started doing events, so we've got kind of mindfulness events, and I need to stop saying tree-hugging events, because <laughs> it's far more than that. <laughs> Although I believe there is some tree-hugging involved. 
for um uh i don't know what else have we got oh well yeah and the big the big thing which uh is the redevelopment of Duff's House, um, which is a big ongoing um, saga. <laughs> and then, oh yeah, we've also recently just gone in for planning permission as well um, for a campsite uh, um, in the grounds around Duff's House as well. Um, quite a lot of quite a lot of tourism activity, but also I know I know I think the first time I kind of came across you, Caroline, and Duff's estate was. Um, maybe Murray businesswomen and when I was involved in Highland businesswomen I think we did and I and I remember hearing about like your um outdoor nursery and stuff in the woods so I think I really liked the way you've kind of made yourselves part of the community as an estate as well as as well as having clearly a big focus on tourism to to bring income in as well yeah no that was a big thing for us when we moved up um actually yeah encouraging access um because Gordonston had leased out the build like Duffer's house which is in right in the middle of the kind of main hub of the estate it was really limited access actually and a, there were big signs up around saying you know no access Gordonston and stuff and so actually a lot of folk locally didn't even realize that Duffer's estate existed uh, that it was you know it was, it was family owned the family have been here for hundreds of years and still you know still live here but um a lot of folk just didn't have a scooby um so, uh, so actually it was quite liberating um, when the school did move out, being able to just rip out the signs and it was just a big thing saying, you know, we're here, come come and bought your dogs uh, um, and, uh, and yeah, and explore. And uh, and then, yeah, when we moved up actually for Earth Time, um, that was one of the things, because our kids were quite small at the time, um, they were kind of three and 18 months and that was one of the things that we got involved with, with our own kids um, at the time, obviously it's before they kind of move their base onto the estate and it's just really lovely um getting kids out in the outdoors and doing crafts and and outdoor activities but um and ed got involved more and more and ended up he's on the board um of earth time and when they were looking to actually set up a kind of formal nursery uh, um it was around about the same time that the school were moving out of duffer's house and we were like oh I think we've got a bit of a fit here. Uh, so yeah, so they moved in a few years ago and that's that's worked really well. And also it's kind of raised our profile locally as well with all the parents obviously um kind of coming and going every day. Um so we're kind of getting our kind of message out there um, a lot more. Yeah, and I think, you know, obviously I already said we met through like Murray Businesswomen and you know, you I think you have very effectively integrated the estate as part of the community by integrating yourselves as part of the kind of wider business community in Murray and and the like the local the local area which which I think is is really important and it's a really powerful thing that you guys have have done in opening up in that way which I think can be quite difficult when you come back somewhere and people are like oh there's new people whether it's the same family you know they're like there's new people who are they what are they going to do and integrating yourself and kind of opening the doors is, is is really powerful. Yeah, yeah, no, I suppose, yeah, without kind of thinking too deeply about it, that is kind of what, yeah, what we've done. I mean, I'm I'm a really open person anyway, um, and uh, and like to yeah get involved with like the community and things, um, and uh, but also it was kind of with joining things like the Murray Businesswomen and the Chamber of Commerce. It's kind of seeing it as as a business, and you know, as a business. Um, yeah, for all lo- like locally and obviously, yeah, the tourist side of things, encouraging people in. Um, uh, so yeah, it's kind of flipping your thinking a wee bit more as well. But actually, you know, yes, it's in the state, but it is a business. Uh, um, 
So Caroline, I first came across Duffer's Estate. It would have been roughly about this time last year on an SLE walk and talk event. Ah, were you on that? I was, <laughs> I was. Um, it was, it, I have to say, it was It was a brilliant day. It was really, really good. Um, really interesting, really insightful and, and thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I will just say, as a bit of a coffee fanatic, I would encourage everyone to go to the Cooler Coffee Hut because it's phenomenal. I mean, the views over the castle, the coffee itself, it's just amazing. Absolutely loved it. It was a real kind of highlight of the day. But what I was really struck by when I did come on the SLE day was your passion for what you're doing and the kind of ethos and values behind what you're doing and what you're trying to deliver on the estate. Um, and I'm really curious as to where you take your inspiration for all of this. I spend a lot of time on Instagram. <laughs> You're in good company here then. <laughs> a fellow addict, a fellow yeah. addict. <laughs> like, you know, I'm basically, you know, I'm, I'm there trying to find like other businesses that are doing really, really well. And yeah, and yeah, I basically get lots of inspiration from other businesses locally and further afield that are, yeah, that are doing doing well and I'm like oh you know it is inspiring uh, um, and just seeing what what stuff I could integrate back into my own business or what things that I might change or you know what uh, um, yeah I'd say definitely other other businesses it's also yeah receiving the feedback from guests is such a big boost uh, um, just sometimes they pick up on things that you don't that you don't think that they're going to or you know something that you've done that you don't necessarily think is going to make a big impression and it's been noticed and um and that's yeah that's just lovely um I got an email just a week ago uh, um I was out in the car and something pinged through and I had a look and uh and it was a guest that had been staying at the eco cabin last weekend and he just wrote this lovely email saying you know I'm still here but I wanted to just drop you this line that um what a wonderful time he was having he'd gone on a walk around this around the estate for a couple of hours and had seen over 24 different types of birds um and that just made his trip uh, um and you know we've got wildlife journals in in the cottages um in bird spotting books and stuff and he was just there saying that yeah um he he'd noticed all the little things that we'd done uh, um and uh and he wanted to yeah say thank you and that just yeah that really made my day um so yeah that's doing things like getting feedback like that is definitely a kind of big boost and a push to push to keep going the eco cabin is really quite special and we had a look at that on the day and it's just gorgeous it's been beautifully done it's been beautifully finished and i remember you saying that it was almost fully booked i think because it was so popular yeah 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 um so we were due to open in march 2020 um and then obviously that didn't happen. Uh, um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was quite gutting. Um, but, uh, but as soon as we were allowed to open in July 2020, it just took off um, with a bang and uh, pretty much has hardly had any um, gaps in availability since. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's really satisfying. Um, it's the, basically, it's situated in the paddock. I think it was the old kitchen garden for farmhouse old duffers farmhouse which was the very first um sub catering that we did uh, um and so it's got exactly the same amazing castle views and so for years it's like oh 
we should be doing something with that. We should be doing something with that. It's just sat there, uh, you know, there's head high weeds and everything. And it was just like, nah, we need to like pull our fingers out and get something, get something going in there. Um, so, uh, so I think, yeah, I'd mentioned before that, um, yeah, I go, I'm, yeah, go with my gut feeling with stuff. Um, and yeah, my gut was telling me <laughs> we had to, we had to uh, put something there. So yeah, that's satisfying that that's, that's going really well. Do you think that's been your favourite project so far, the eco cabin? Well, you see, then, then, and then you get cooler, and cooler's been uh, cooler's been really, really fun and and hard work. Actually, cooler's been more hard work um, uh, for something so small. And we tried to keep it very simple and just to focus on quality cake and coffee. Actually, there's a huge amount of running around in the background um, that uh, I don't think we really particularly anticipated it was going to be as hard work. Um, but again. Yeah, when you get like loads of repeat customers and, you know, I was in the hairdressers once and then you hear people talking about cooler, like with other people that are in the salon and you're like, oh, that's something that we've done. <laughs> I'm sat there going, oh. I love that. <laughs> Caroline, even there, we've just touched on like you've seen opportunities with the eco cabin, with cooler and you've taken them and having that that success has been good can I just ask were you like a big are you big coffee fans yourselves is that why Kula appealed or are you are you going to turn around and tell us that you don't drink coffee <laughs> oh, no, no no I love coffee I'm not I'm I mean I, both of Ed and I just drink black Americano <laughs> we're not we're not like super adventurous blah blah blah, blah. um but we just we love food and drink in general um we both met whilst on Majestic Wines like graduate um training scheme um back back in the kind of 2002 2001 um so uh so yeah we love food and wine and anything um sort of yeah eating drinking related so we knew we were going to do a coffee hut there and we knew that whatever we were going to do we had to do it to the best quality that we could uh, um but uh but yes we both just like a very basic black American. <laughs> Although you can get lots of other choices down there. So Caroline, in your when we asked you about kind of experiences and things before, you you mentioned in your pre-notes, you mentioned Murray Coffee Week. Tell us a bit more about Murray Coffee Week, because that sounds um right up Charlotte Street. Not I, I'm a not I'm a non-coffee drinker. I'm a tea person. So a coffee fe- coffee week's probably <laughs> coffee week's probably not for me, but but tell us a bit more about Coffee Week. So um, this has uh, been has been mulling around in the back of Ed and Mai's mind um, since last May, so almost a year. Um, we decided to go down to Glasgow and went to Glasgow Coffee Festival, um, which uh, was a bit of a jolly, really. We thought, oh, we own a coffee hut, we could go to something like this and be legit. <laughs> so went down to Glasgow. <laughs> Had our, like, cooler coffee cu- cups that we've got and, like, walking around <laughs> Could be in a coffee car. <laughs> I think it's probably just as well your children weren't with you at that. <laughs> oh dear. But, um, uh, yeah. So anyway, we came back up totally buzzing and thinking, oh, you know, it was it was really good fun. Um, and we're like, oh, was... there's been such an explosion in other coffee carts and coffee roasters and really cool funky cafes in Murray uh, um, over the last couple of years, and so we're kind of last may last june we were kind of chatting away trying to work out 
something we could do that would connect all all these um, sort of small businesses up. Uh, um, and we had a chat with a couple of them and we just couldn't really find a way of how we were quite going to push it forward. Uh, um, and then actually through Instagram, I met um, a lady called Sarah Lorraine who um, had moved up here two or three years ago. Uh, um, loads of experience of um, running events and sort of big, big events and marketing and things. Um, we met for coffee um, down in Akula last summer and started batting around ideas um and uh and yeah and she's basically the, the person with the kind of the skills to create um the event but uh um it's been quite fun i've been in the background kind of um uh helping helping organize so so yeah so basically between us we've managed to create um murray's first uh coffee week which is the 19th to the 25th of may uh, um and uh, there's 16 local um, businesses, so it's a mix of um, cafes, coffee roasters, coffee vans, um, like Cooler, um, throughout Murray. Uh, and uh, we've decided that unlike Glasgow, where it was all under one roof um, and one specific place, obviously Murray's very, very different and we don't have the same footfall. Uh, um, so we decided to have it as a focus with um with outdoor activities basically because so many of like with cooler at duffers castle and lots of others uh, um you know there's loads of walking basically on the doorstep so um each each business that um has applied um to be part of it um obviously they're promoting their coffee and their products and everything but also they're promoting where you can go for walks locally um and and get outdoors basically uh, um and then each each business has well be done running at least one if not more kind of special events during the week um so yeah quite exciting it sounds fantastic um caroline and i really love that you're bringing together kind of the coffee and the local businesses with kind of the benefits of getting outdoors and timing kind of in nature and outdoors because i know that you're that's something you you're really passionate about about as well um and i know that when you were in east lothian you had your you joined your coastal rowing club what happened with that when you when you moved north i was bereft <laughs> oh i absolutely loved it um i mean i've always been kind of outdoorsy and but i've never really stuck at any one sport um i've just yeah, enjoyed being outside and lots of walking and hiking and things um but when i tried the coastal rowing that was just one thing that just clicked with me and i just i just loved it um and then when we realized we we're going to be having to move north like yeah i was absolutely gutted to kind of leave the club behind uh, um so we moved up january 2013 and then yeah i basically moaned continuously for the last six months because <laughs> at that point in time the two nearest clubs to me in duffus were either port soy in one direction or ardesia in the other and there was like nothing along this stretch of coastline and then i was actually at a wedding with um ed's boss peter and I was talking to him about it and he just turned around and was like, well, do something about it then. And I'm like, oh, hmm, OK, maybe I will. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, basically, he kind of gave me the boot on the backside and was just like, well, stop moaning. <laughs> Go and do something about it. Um, so, yeah, so that was it was quite bizarre. I am um, basically then contacted the Northern Scott and the P&J and just said, right. Can you do this article for me? Um, does anybody want to start a rowing club? And 
and yeah, so I got a couple of articles in, um, and it really, literally was just like me photograph of me at home and Harbour, basically saying, "Hi, does anybody want to build a boat?" <laughs> Um, we had an open meeting at Berghead in a pub there in a the back room and uh, uh, some of the Port Soy club members came over to to help me and randomly actually there was a room full of people which was petrifying because I'd never done anything like that before literally standing up in front of a room of complete utter strangers just random people that had read these like newspaper articles um and basically, yeah, kind of explained all about Scottish Coastal Rowing and um, how yeah, it's all communi community orientated. Uh, um, every single club around Scotland, basically, has communities have come together, fundraised themselves, bought the boat kit and then built their own skiffs themselves, uh, um, which really kind of yeah, roots people in the community because they've hand built it as well. Um, it really, yeah, it's a really strong, powerful thing. Uh, um, so so yeah so basically we did we got enough people we formed a club got constitution got bank account started fundraising uh, um and uh so we'd got actually enough to buy that was in the summer of 2013 we'd got enough to buy the boat kit and start building um by the 1st of march 2014 and then we launched on the 1st of november 2014 uh, um so uh, yeah, so the club's coming up for ten years old, and the boat's coming up for for nine years old at the moment. That's that's absolutely absolutely brilliant, and I love the way that coastal rowing. I mean, I know I know a few people who who coastal row, um, kind of near me in in Ayrshire. I I know somebody who coastal rows in East in East Lothian, um, Margie Campbell, who was on episode six. I'm gonna say Charlotte. Tell me that's right. Yeah, episode six. She coastal rows at um. Cromarty and I I love the little communities that kind of come come together and yeah like you say build that boat together and then you're all kind of you're all kind of like probably ever got everyone's blood sweat and tears mixed in with it on this so yeah somebody I think from the Ardazir club said to me as we were building the boat that you know one thing that's really bad about like community groups is the community in the groups <laughs> and that rang quite true at the time but no, actually, it's brilliant. I was out for two hours rowing this morning, um, and uh, yeah, it's just it's just the best thing. You don't think about anything else; like your mind just clears of of all the rest of the crap that's going on, um, and you're just uh, yeah, just trying to spot those dolphins is basically what we spend most of our time doing. <laughs> do you, do you just row off off like kind of the the Murray coast, or have you been anywhere else coastally rowing? Uh, well. Obviously, on a day-to-day -day basis, we are based in Burkhead, so um, our main rowing is is there. But you know, the regattas have taken us all around, like the coast of Scotland, um, every summer from like April to October. Um, uh, uh, I mean, you could spend every weekend going to the competitions, but we try to kind of do one or two a month. Uh, um, and then we've gone to a couple of world championships. With there was one across in Northern Ireland. Um, and then there was one down in Stranraer sort of four years ago. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's and then actually we've gone down to London and taken part in the Great River Race, which is a kind of marathon, twenty six miles down the River Thames. Um, uh, so that was a few years ago. Um, so yeah, we've had some epic adventures. With the... That's quite, that's really cool, and I guess it's also for you, it's a good way probably to 
to kind of get off the estate, get away from kind of running everything, give yourself some headspace, both kind of the everyday stuff, but also the kind of more epic adventures and, and competitions, which we all need. And like, I know we've talked on this podcast um, in other episodes about people wild swimming, I wild swim, Charlotte walks her dogs. Everyone has those things to kind of help you clear your head. And, and that very much sounds like for you, coastal rowing is is one of those things for you. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Um, but you know, being by the sea increasingly since you know we're now in our eleventh year of being up here. Um, yeah, I mean, I I swim as well. Um, and then yeah, paddleboard, and we've got a kayak, and, and yeah, is there's never enough time in the day to do all the stuff that I want to, <laughs> I want to do. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's lovely being being close to the sea. That was, yeah. Charlotte and I were just saying this week that how much we'd love to just like completely quit our jobs and retire and just be able to be outside and enjoy Scotland at this particularly at this time of year where we've had like gorgeous sunshine and everything looks so good and you're like I just want to be able to be out in this every day (laughs) if only I didn't have to have a job (laughs) yeah oh yeah actually Ed and I have been in the foulest mood this week because although it's been the best weather uh, um, we had said that we were going to decorate our son's bedroom (laughs) while he was away on his p7 residential trip and it was his birthday yesterday when the day he got back and we had to get it finished so literally like yeah every evening till kind of midnight it's been painting and flat pack furniture building and cursing because the weather has been the best it's been all year Caroline, you've previously been really open about some of the challenges that you've that you faced on the estate. Um, are there any particular challenges that stand out for you, and how have you overcome these? Um, well, the kind of biggest challenge, uh, which is the one we have yet to overcome, <laughs> is uh, the redevelopment of Duffer's House. Uh, um, so again, as I've mentioned previously, it's the old mansion house on the estate um, that was lived in by the family up until the 1930s when Ed's granddad decided to downsize um, and uh, somehow he knew Kurt Hahn who was the guy that um, set up Gordonston and uh, had said hey I've got a, I've got a building come and use this one um, so so yeah so the school started leasing it in about 1930 yeah 1930s um and uh, basically, yeah, had it for 82 years. Um, and so obviously there was a in- rental income coming in from that. Um, but when the school left in 2017, uh, um, obviously that stopped. And uh, then this building has started to cost us loads of money. So, empty. Uh, um, so between, yeah, loads of, yeah, obviously council tax and um, times three and then doubled uh, um, and insurance and utilities. Um, yeah it's the building has gone um gone on to be uh, quite a challenge so back 10 years ago now which is quite scary um when the school said they were going to leave we did our first feasibility study done uh, um looking at all sorts of options um we then narrowed it down um we went for planning permission and the building warrant um and what we'd hoped was downstairs to have a cafe retail event space and then upstairs a mix of um, more holiday accommodation, basically. Uh, um, we had lots of, yeah, basically we we're really going quite far down the route of, of making it happen. Uh, um, Pre-COVID, we were just about to go to tender um, and we had the business plan all sorted. We hadn't 
completely finalised how we were going to pay for it, but the figures were looking challenging, but we thought, yep, yeah, we can make it happen. Uh, um, and then obviously COVID, and then after that, we then went out to tender um, about 18 months ago, and then the costs had at that point doubled. They've probably gone up even more by now, and it just blew it out of the water. It's like, there's just no way that we can make this work. Uh, um, and then throw in a, a good bit of dry rot as well, which is fun. <laughs> so, so yes, um, by by last summer we were just like had to accept that basically in its present form our plans are not are not going to work. Uh, um, but obviously, you know, I mean, yeah, it's frustrating because you feel like you're wading through mud and treading water. You want to push forward. You want to make it happen. Uh, um, but sometimes, obviously, uh, yeah things conspire against you um but equally it's like well what are we going to do then because we need to keep need to keep pushing forward um so uh we'd actually just come back from a week's camping in the late district last summer and we're like right let's do a campsite um so uh so yes yeah, so we have gone in for planning we've yet to get the results but fingers crossed um so the plan is to have tents in the old walled garden um, which currently has my mini flock of sheep in uh, um, and then uh, we've taken back in hand a big 27 acre field right in front of Duff's house um, so the plan is that we'd hope to just put about 20 hookups um, along the very top edge and then last summer and autumn we've been working with um, a landscape architect to basically replant up this huge big field um, and uh, block up some field drains where it is naturally really wet anyway and create a natural wetland and put in some wildflower bits and orchard and lots of walks and trails and things to kind of make it a destination obviously for the people coming to to stay at the campsite and the cottages but also for everybody locally um with the hope being if we get enough footfall um six months of the year with the campsite and things we can maybe revisit things at least with the cafe in Duffer's house and uh um come at it a different angle basically so that is what we're working on <laughs> it's such an exciting project though and it's really impressive how you have come up against these challenges and in seeking to overcome them have adapted your plans have gone in a different direction and i don't know would you were you always contemplating kind of some sort of camping site once the duffer's house was done or is this a new idea that you've that you've considered uh it's new i think you know ideally if we could have just done duffer's house then that's what we would have just done um and uh i mean we'd have always we always wanted to get back in hand the uh the big field because it is right beside the property and actually for us to to replan that up and and develop that um in a, in a natural way um was always something that we wanted to do but actually yeah now we're thinking about the campsite it, it gels together um with people that um they're wanting to come and uh and enjoy the enjoy the estate then it's just more more space for them to enjoy basically uh, yeah. yeah i mean just going back to one thing that's just stuck with me that you mentioned at the start about coming up kind of kicking and screaming originally I mean, how do you feel now about being on the estate and doing what you're doing oh I mean yeah I yeah I do absolutely love it now um I mean yeah I grew up in Yorkshire in the countryside and yeah I just feel incredibly lucky um 
that we have got well yeah we live here in the most beautiful place um you know i was sat recording like a red squirrel um just down the drive this morning and i'm every you know we see them almost daily but every single time i see them i just think oh my god how lucky am i like um yeah so those overall incredibly lucky um but yeah we do feel that responsibility hugely um uh and i think it's possibly something that people don't necessarily see they just see that oh look at you you've got the big you've got this huge big house and you've got all this land and blah blah blah, blah. but yeah it comes with a lot of responsibility um and sleepless nights and stress but, um yeah it's not easy um but it's a lifestyle really and I think I've kind of grown into the sort of lifestyle of it um uh, as the years have gone by uh, um yeah when we first moved up um and uh, it was obviously because it's not a nine to five and I could be at the primary school tons and lots of folk could be, oh, it'd be so lovely to be like, you don't work. It'd be so lovely. And I'm like, <laughs> Nothing could be further from the truth. But, but yeah, um, I would say overall, yes, incredibly lucky. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think one of the things, just as you've just talked through that kind of the challenge of the office house and, you know, I like, I've heard you talk about that over like twit since like for years, you know, and thinking like thinking like this is just ongoing. But I just was like sat here in admiration of how much resilience you and Ed have got through that because you know, like it would be so easy just to be like, We're done. <laughs> Dry rot is just a step too far, or you know, this is just a step too far. But the level of resilience that you have shown and, and I think the level of resilience that, you know, running a, a business that's so diverse you know you've got so many elements we've talked about here and I'm sure there's other things going on that we haven't even like touched the surface of on the estate and it's you know and there's so much going on and, but I just yeah I just wanted to say that I think I really admire the resilience that you guys have have developed and 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 demonstrate um yeah yeah it's funny like is it, yeah it's one of those things it yeah, behind the scenes, you know, I'm like, you can be tearing your hair out. Going, oh my God. And equally, you know, you'll wake up the next day and just like, well, yeah, just need to crack on. <laughs> I don't have a choice, really. Uh, um... So, um, Caroline, we draw all our episodes to a close by asking our guests the same question. So it's, it's your turn today. Um, what's one piece of advice you would give to the next generation of rural women in Scotland? Obviously, I thought about that when you pinged me earlier. Um, and I've kind of tried to, when I was thinking about it, is just put down the first thing that I uh, that came to mind, because you could end up like thinking about that for ages <laughs> and getting tying yourself in knots. <laughs> so, yeah, so basically I said, don't let yourself be defined by what others think of you or what they think you're like, basically. Uh, um yeah, as I kind of had alluded to in my notes and things, um, I'm very aware of, of what people potentially think of me <laughs> on the outside looking in. But, um, but yeah, it's basically be yourself and uh, no matter what, what, what you're doing or where you're from or anything, just yeah, be yourself and um, yeah, basically prove yourself that way. Work hard and uh, do your thing and... Um, and yeah people will hopefully uh respond to that and appreciate that um and if not bottom 
you know, in other episodes, we've had a similar theme of surrounding yourself with a network of like-minded people and, you know, people you can rely on when, when the, when, as, as you said in your words, in your notes, Caroline, when the going gets tough, people you can rely on and can be there for you. And you, you are right. You know, you have to, you kind of weed through people to, to find those people and, and to be there and, and so that you can show up authentically as yourself and, and don't, and not, and not be defined by what others think of you or, or might think of the, the stereotype of like an estate owner what an estate owner looks like you know what an estate owner does the way an estate owner behaves or or any of those things so I think um it's a gr- absolutely fantastic piece of advice so thank you for sharing that my pleasure thank you so Caroline thank you so much for joining us today to share your stories experiences and lessons oh thank you yeah no it's been fun it's been good thank you if you would like to connect with Caroline on social media and find out more about what's happening at Duffus Estate, the links will be in the show notes below. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on Instagram at Women and Wellies Podcast to stay up to date with all the latest news. And you can email us with any questions on womeninwelliespodcast at gmail.com and we'd love it if you could leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time. 